0: This is Brojo Online, Masculinity, Confidence, and Integrity, with Dan Munro. Alrighty, welcome back to Brojo Online. Today we're going to be talking about masculinity. Masculinity is, you know, it's a word that's gotten a really bad rap lately, especially with the word toxic put in front of it, toxic Masculinity. You know, the the concept of maleness and masculinity has been attacked for the last few years, uh, predominantly in an attack led by third wave feminism, and it's now spread out everywhere. Now, toxic masculinity is a bullshit term. It was originally invented by a very wimpy men's rights activist group, and it's since been usurped by feminism to discredit, shame, and alienate all men simply for having masculine traits. You know, masculinity's been blamed for a lot of horrible behaviour, and I want to set the record straight today. I'm going to redefine masculinity today, and I'm going to separate it from the harmful behaviours that we see from people who don't understand what it means to be masculine. Masculinity is not responsible for rape, sexual assault, murder, war, or any act of hatred. In fact these things are the, often the result of a lack of healthy masculinity either the person doing the stuff is a insecure or a psychopathic little bitch who lacks masculinity or the people standing by allowing it to happen are too passive or feminine to step in and do what's right there where the flock of sheep is missing its sheep dogs you know and the wolves are attacking So masculinity, the only problem with masculinity is that there isn't enough of it. You know, we're living in an age now where because men are afraid to be masculine, a lot of horrible shit is being done and nobody's stepping in to deal with it. So today I'm going to have a look at what masculinity really is. You know, after studying this for so many years now and seeing what healthy men look like in comparison to the much larger majority of psychologically unhealthy men. I'm going to define masculinity in no uncertain terms, and I'm also going to define what it isn't in terms of what is often blamed as toxic masculinity, but isn't masculinity at all. It's just something else entirely. I'm going to look at how the values of masculinity are practically applied in real life. I'm going to give some examples of people who I believe are great role models for masculinity, and I'm also going to give some examples of people who I think are not models of masculinity, though they claim or pretend to be. I'm also going to look at how feminine values are integrated in a fully healthy male, so that he's a mixture of masculine and feminine, the right mixture to to be a good man. And lastly, because I'm just sick of the ambiguity around this, I'm going to give you a set of five rules that you can follow that'll basically guarantee that you're masculine without any harmful behaviors. At least that's what I think will happen. We'll see. So let's have a look. I've got five values that I've identified as being the masculine core values. The first one is responsibility. Now, responsibility is a range of different things. But ultimately, it's about taking ownership of your life, your decisions, your behavior, your troubles, your strengths, all of that being yours to deal with, your problem to solve. And responsibility is in the middle of a spectrum, and on either end of the spectrum is unhealthiness. So on one end, we have the victim, the person who completely lacks responsibility. Now, a victim is not masculine. A victim is what it sounds like, a victim, a person sitting back, blaming and complaining and traumatized by life. And on the other end of the spectrum, the equally unhealthy controlling manipulator Somebody who takes responsibility for more than their own life, and tries to take responsibility for other people's. This can range from somebody who's like a psychopath, through to a nice guy people pleaser. The kind that tries to control other people's behavior and emotions. A responsible person is fully trying to control themselves, but puts no effort into controlling others. They stay within their own space, and let everyone else live whatever life they're going to live. So there's kind of two elements to to responsibility I want to flesh out. The first one is leadership. Now leadership does not actually mean having a follower. Okay, that's controlling. Leadership means just going first. It means initiating, taking the risk, going without permission. Not waiting to be followed. But if people follow you, so be it. You take, you know, take cares to model good behavior for them. Whereas a victim has no leadership, they are the follower, quite often. There are healthy followers, but the victims are the ones that demand somebody else leads, that require instruction, you know, that cannot move of their own accord. Now, a leader will always be a good follower, but what a leader will do is if no one else is leading, they'll step up. And if no one else knows what to do, they'll give it a go. Okay, okay. Being a leader in your own life means you don't wait to be asked for a promotion. You go and apply for it. You don't wait to see if that girl likes you. You go and ask her out. You don't wait to see if one of your buddies will come to the gym with you. You go by yourself. That's leadership. Okay. Victims don't do that. Victims sit around waiting for someone to pick them up, hold them by the hand, and gently walk them through the process. And on the other end of the spectrum, controllers, they demand the following. You know, they, they demand that not only do they lead, but they drag people with them. They force people to follow. They influence and manipulate and maneuver and deceive people in order to get them to follow. That's not leadership. That's controlling. Okay. So if you want to know what leadership is, it just means going first, taking the initiative, taking the risk, doing what you need to do if no one else is going to do it for you. And ownership. The other the other element to responsibility is your your life is yours to create. If you are born into shit circumstances, good. That gives you something to start with. That gives you something to build up resilience against. Okay? If life's been hard on you, good. That's something to temper you, to build up anti-fragility. No matter what happens to you, no matter how unfair it might seem in comparison to others, it's your fucking job to deal with it. It's the cards you've been dealt. No one else can play this hand for you. Sure, some people were dealt an easier hand. That doesn't actually mean they have an easier life. They still have to take responsibility. And it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how easy it is for them. Because your life is the only one that matters to you. So ownership of your life, that element of responsibility is where you go, Okay, these cards that I've been dealt are mine to play. What's the best way to play them? who cares where they came from who cares if you you've been bullied or your parents didn't help you out or you're poor or you've got a tendency to be overweight so be it that's the hand you're dealt do the best you can with that fucking hand sitting around going oh i should have been dealt a better hand that's a victim mindset that is not healthy masculinity that is very unhealthy toxic psychology and controllers try to control what other people are playing right they try to get somebody else's cards and take them for their own. They try to make sure that, you know, the cards that they were dealt are, are hidden and, and deception is used to, to try and make it an easier hand to play. The responsible person, they just go, look, this is what I've been given. It's my job to do something good with this. What am I going to do? it? How do I turn shit into gold? And how do I share gold into more gold? You know, that's healthy masculine responsibility. Anything less than that is not masculinity. The next value, assertiveness. Now, assertiveness is one of the most uh, derided masculine values. It's one of the ones that's blamed for lots of terrible behavior. And it's very unfair to blame it on this. See, assertiveness, again, it's in the middle of a spectrum. And on the unhealthy outer reaches of the spectrum, we've got two opposing ends. On one end, we've got passive The absolute absence of assertiveness. And on the other end, we've got aggressive, too much assertiveness. So what is assertiveness? There's a few things here. One is risk-taking. Assertiveness is about a boldness, an ability to go into something, into the unknown, and into even certain failure and do it anyway. It's about doing what's right, even if there isn't a guarantee of safety or approval from others. You know, assertiveness is standing up to your boss, even though you're not sure you'll be able to keep your job. Assertiveness is telling your date that uh, you didn't like what they said about that uh, certain opinion. You know, even though it might mean they don't want to sleep with you after that. Assertiveness is standing up for what's right in the face of opposition. Now, passivity is waiting for a green light and taking no risk at all. Passivity is when you wait for somebody else to say it's okay for you to go now. Okay. And aggressiveness is having no concern for safety or the harm you cause. Dominating and smashing through things. Violence. Temper. You know, using force to try and move someone else. Assertiveness isn't about moving someone else. It's just about standing up for yourself. What other people do is of no concern to you. Assertiveness is about pushing back against disrespect about knowing what your boundaries are and if they're crossed, you make it really clear that they've been crossed and that you won't tolerate that behavior. Alright, whereas a passive person will just eat shit, you know, they'll just take whatever happens to them and they won't make a sound. And an aggressive person will not only fight, but they'll fight back. They'll try to change the other person, defeat them and win. You don't need to defeat someone to push back against disrespect. You just need to stand up for yourself or for those that you love, or for weaker people who need your help. Assertiveness is about going for what's yours, going for what you want, trying to make a life for yourself, going for the resources you need. It doesn't mean taking them from others, that's aggressive. It doesn't mean taking them by force either. It just means going for them, and if you get knocked down, then you get back up and you go for them again. Whereas a passive person waits for a handout, they wait for somebody else to do it for them and give it to them. And an aggressive person takes what belongs to somebody else. And an assertive person just identifies what they need and they go for it. They ask for it. They demand it. If someone says no, they go fine. They find another way. Right. So assertiveness, one of the most powerful of the masculine traits. Absolutely necessary if you want a good career. If you want to have self-respect. If you want to have a healthy relationship. The next value, courage. Courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Okay, it's about taking the doing the right thing while you feel scared. Again, it's on a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, we have the person who's absolutely owned by their fear and cannot move. The fight or flight response, you know. And on the other end, we have the person who's reckless. The person who disrespects fear and puts themselves and others in harm's way because they have no consideration of it. You'd call them fearless, but I'd just call them stupid. Courage means facing your fears, identifying the things that you're insecure about, afraid of, avoidant of, and seeking to overcome those insecurities. Going out and looking for them. You're asking yourself, what am I still afraid of? And then ask yourself, well, how do I become a little less afraid of that? How do I face it a little bit today? not in the reckless way we just do dangerous shit with no consideration for the outcome but in a careful way we go okay i've got to face this i don't want to go too far but i've got to go some distance okay if i'm scared of speaking to strangers i'm not going to do something reckless like run through a shopping mall naked but i might just go up to the person at the cafe who i haven't met yet and say hi Right? Because I'm scared of doing that, and I'll do it just because I'm scared of doing that, and for no other reason but to make myself more courageous. Whereas the pussy, he hides in the comfort zone. If anything has fear attached to it, he avoids it. You know? He just works with what he already knows, and what he's already comfortable with, what he's already good at. A courageous person they look for new things, they look for things they're unfamiliar with and take them on. Whereas the reckless person just they're like a wrecking ball. There's, if something's afraid, you know, if something's scary to them, they just fly into it without a second thought and do all sorts of damage. Courage is about letting go of outcomes. It's about choosing integrity over approval and results. Doing what's right and being yourself as a priority over getting what you want, making people like you and stuff like that. Whereas a pussy will always choose those outcomes. They'll only do the thing that guarantees a good, comfortable, happy result. And if they have to sacrifice their integrity, then they'll do that. Whereas the reckless person will destroy anything that scares them. They'll fight and rage and rant... ...in order to keep the results and the approval and whatever. So whereas like a, a people pleaser might try and make you like them... ...instead of speaking their mind... ...a reckless person will punch you in the face... ...when you, when you don't uh, agree with them. But a courageous person... Might just say, hey, I disagree with you. Let's talk about it. It'll be a little bit uncomfortable, but they'll do it anyway. Courage is, is one of the one of the solutions to hatred. You know, it's easy to hate. That's what the reckless people do. They just go, fuck it, I hate you. And they don't have to explore it. They don't have to challenge their own beliefs. They don't have to get to know their enemy. The courageous person tries to. They go, I'm scared of that thing. So before that turns into, that fear turns into hatred... I'm going to go and get to know it. I'm going to expose myself to it. I'm going to open my mind to it. And whereas the pussy just backs down. Hides away from it. Doesn't want to know. Buries his head in the sand. So choosing to face what you're afraid of. That's courage. That's masculinity. The next value is honesty. I think this is a huge one. The truly masculine men are shamelessly honest. Now honesty's on a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum... We have silence. The person who cannot be honest at all, so says nothing at all. And on the other end of the spectrum, we have the person who's deliberately deceptive, the dishonest person who chooses to forego the truth in order to uh, achieve certain goals. And in the middle, we have the masculine honest person, the person who prioritizes honesty over everything else. They choose honesty over the outcomes. They let the chips fall where they may they understand that if they go about being honest as much as possible as often as possible the life around them will suit them eventually they'll be surrounded by people who like them for being honest they'll be in a career that suits their genuine desires and and skills and strengths where the silent person is like a bystander they just sit by and let things happen and don't say what they really want to say or what they're really thinking and they end up sort of floating down the path of least resistance They end up just doing the job that everyone else said they should do, and they end up with this circle of friends that they don't really like, but it's the only ones who would kind of accept them. And they just end up in this miserable fucking life where they just stand by and watch. Whereas the deceptive people, they manipulate to create a life that they want. They choose outcomes over integrity. They're so focused on getting certain things that they'll put aside what they're really thinking and feeling, and they'll present something... False, instead. It is only fear that does this. So you will see the links between honesty and courage. An honest person is actually a courageous person. They're willing to let them be themselves and let a life form from that and let the consequences come from that. A manipulative person is unwilling to face the fear of what will happen if they're just being themselves. And so they pretend to be something else. Honest people choose integrity over approval. This is a huge one. A masculine guy is willing to lose your approval in order to be honest. Especially in modern times where being honest is so often met with raging hatred from bullshit groups. Now there's a lot of people staying silent, refusing to speak their minds or say what they really feel for fear of reprisal from these stupid groups. Right? And there's others who are pretending, the virtue signalers, pretending to be aligned with these noisy groups and actually having contrary thoughts. The honest person says, look, this is what I believe. Love me or hate me. It's up to you. The deceptive person will sacrifice their values so that they can win and get approval. And the silent people just follow the path of least resistance like sheep, more like lemmings off the edge of a cliff. The honest guy, he's willing to stand alone in order to support his integrity. It doesn't mean that he you can't change his mind. You know, it doesn't mean that he's not open to to new ideas and better evidence. But he goes with what he knows right now. He speaks his mind and lets people react. Which brings us to the, the final value, respect. The masculine man respects himself and others in equal measure. On one end of that spectrum we have self-loathing, the person who disrespects themselves. And then on the other end of the spectrum we have loathing of others, the person who disrespects others. The masculine man disrespects no one. He does this in a number of ways. First off, boundaries. While he tolerates people living, he does not tolerate poor behavior from himself or from others. If he catches himself acting out of alignment with his values he will chastise himself for it and he will correct that behavior and if somebody else tries to do it to him he will step up and put them in their place he won't try to dominate them that's what the haters do people who hate others and disrespect others try to control them what the masculine diet guy does is he just gives you a clear definition of what respecting him looks like and then gives you the chance to follow that definition if you don't, he will cut you out of his life. But he won't try to change your behavior. He'll just give you the option. Whereas the self-haters, people who don't who don't respect themselves, they just eat shit. They'll tolerate all sorts of poor treatment. They'll allow both themselves and others to behave in a very non-integral way. the masculine guys have respect for others in that they will give them space. They will hear them out. They will allow others to live. But they won't allow them to dominate their own space. So the masculine man will allow you to speak, but he won't allow you to interrupt him. He'll allow you to to live and build a house, but he won't allow you to trespass on his property. He lets you have your space while he also maintains his own. Whereas the people who loathe themselves and have no respect for themselves, they fold to the dominant pressure of others. They give up their space and allow others to take it over whereas the people who disrespect others are the dominant ones they block their ears to reason they refuse to allow others to exist in a free space they try to take that space for themselves nationalists are a great example of this somebody with self-respect they learn from experience and evidence they're willing to put down a belief when it's proven to be wrong Whereas all types of disrespect is, whether it's self-hate or hate of others, they're owned by their confirmation bias. They refuse to accept that they could be wrong. Respect, above all else, is respect for the truth. Respect for reality. To adjust yourself and adapt to that reality. Not to stubbornly hang on to something that's been shown to be wrong. So those are my five values for masculinity. The ones I try to live to... live. To, uh, <laughs> The ones I try to live by, sometimes I do it right, sometimes I don't. Most of the time I try to do it right. And I've found that since I've started trying to actively live by these values, to challenge myself to do it, to consciously remind myself of them and question my behavior, you know, my quality of life has improved and I feel very masculine now. I feel like a fucking man now. Without any need to dominate others or prove myself to anybody. It's a very free and powerful feeling. But I had to earn it with my behavior. I had to give up being a victim. I had to give up my hatred. You know, I had to give up my tricks and my people pleasing. I had to go towards what scared me. I had to stand up for what I believed in. I had to pay a price to be masculine. And you will too. But it's a good deal. It's not a high price. And actually the payment is something quite enjoyable. So when I want to give you some examples I've got three examples of what I think is healthy masculinity, though, however, imperfect. And then three examples of definitely not masculinity that's pretending to be masculinity. So let's start with the good examples. First, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Though I disagree with some of his ideas, if I take my my head away from his ideas and just look at him as a man, I've got nothing but respect and admiration. His humility, I've seen him take a very strong stance on one idea and then change it in the face of better evidence. I've seen him be open and vulnerably honest about his flaws and weaknesses and struggles and yet never back down to an enemy. He's one of the most assertive people you ever see. He stands up for what he believes in, yet he never disrespects the people he's debating against, even when they disrespect him. He always maintains his own inner peace and calm. Even when he loses control, he's still the most respectful person in any debate. He's deeply compassionate for people all over the world. You can see he's driven by this need to reduce the pain and suffering in the world. He's clearly a man on a mission. And he will not accept any barriers to him completing that mission. Neuroscientist Sam Harris, actually one of uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson's great rivals, Sam Harris is the absolute pinnacle of integrity. You know, this is a man who lives by what he preaches to the fucking letter. He stands up for the truth and he's willing to be hated by an entire room of people in order to do so. He has a calmness about him, an ability to manage his emotions without suppressing them. He is assertive to a fault. There is nothing that will stop him other than good evidence. And his humor, he's able to enjoy his life despite taking it very seriously. Got Will Smith, the actor. If you if you watch his like behind-the-scenes life, very vulnerable. He's very open about what happens in his family, about his own strengths and weaknesses and foibles. He's very playful, he's able to enjoy his life to a level that most people can't. And it's not to do with fame and success. He makes his own fun. I have no doubt that he would be able to do it with a dollar as easily as he can do it with 10 million. And he's shameless. This is a guy who has no problem being him. Ever since the days of the Fresh Prince, him being him was what he wanted to do and he does it well. You know, he, I mean, he does. He has a whole rap career without a single swear word. Who does that? Other than a man who wants to live by a principle. And Morgan Freeman, another actor. A man is hugely responsible for his life. He came from a poor background. And as a black man, he could have blamed the white man for his problems. But he never does. He says, I made my own way. He has a calmness about him. One of the reasons we all love his voice is because of that calmness he has to it. But that calmness comes from just a deep sense of knowing what his mission is. What he's supposed to be doing. He could have retired years ago, but he keeps doing it, and you have no doubt he's gonna do it till he dies. Right? These four guys, in my opinion, are great examples of role models. If you're not sure what it means to be a man, keep a close eye on those guys. How are they different to you? Let's talk about some absolutely awful examples of masculinity. Donald Trump Right Donald Trump is an embarrassment to men. This is not a political statement. I don't actually care much about politics. But while he may be in a leadership position, he displays no real leadership traits in terms of masculinity. He's constantly showboating. A real masculine man doesn't try to get your approval and won't adjust his integrity to get your approval. He doesn't care what you think. Trump very much cares what you think. Okay, He either wants to provoke you or he wants you to love him. But both of those are trying to get get a reaction. He's dishonest. He's constantly lying. He lies like a psychopath. And when he's called out on his lies, he lies some more. Instead of humbly accepting better facts. And he's actually force feeding his dishonesty onto a nation. With things like turning back the work done on climate change. There's a man who takes his own bullshit beliefs, refuses to look at counter evidence, and then enforces them on somebody else. And all he's ever doing, really, is seeking approval. That's not a man. That's a clown. Jim Jeffries, I used to have a lot of respect for Jim Jeffries Until very recently, I saw hidden camera footage where he basically manipulated one of his guests into looking stupid. And did a lot of virtue signaling. He used the Christchurch terror attack to make his, you know, to basically do a segment on his show about anti-Muslims. And then when he was caught on hidden camera making horrifically inappropriate and quite unfunny jokes about dingoes eating Muslim babies and vomiting. He lacks integrity. What he looks like on television is not the man behind the scenes which means he's just virtue signaling and seeking attention he does everything for validation that's not a real man that's not masculinity that's insecurity one last one from the past osama bin laden and he's an interesting one because he looks like a psychopath dominated by you know he could he could be an easy example of toxic masculinity but what he really is is just somebody who dominates by force because of their group identity he isn't just Osama bin Laden. He is an gl- Islamist extremist. He, he's owned by the group that he's in. Instead of making his own way, deciding for himself what's right or wrong, he lets a book tell him. And he takes it literally and just follows it like a sheep. He's irresponsible. He blames all his problems and the problems of his people on the West and on others, despite being an incredibly wealthy man from an incredibly wealthy family. So there's a man who refuses to take responsibility for his life and look at the harm he did as a result of that. So those are my examples of like people who, either proclaim or appear to be masculine, but in my opinion are anything but. They're the opposite. Now, the last little point I wanted to make here, before I do my set of rules, is that being masculine does not mean the absence of femininity and feminine values. A well-rounded man has them all. And in fact, what I've found is that a healthy man has a masculine version of feminine values. So I'll give you some examples of that. Firstly, compassion. Think of the patient father helping his kid to learn. And even when his kid makes mistake after mistake, that father's patience is just unresolving. You know, he just stays as long as it takes for his kid to learn. Because he knows how hard it is to learn. So compassion doesn't have to be like, oh, poor baby. It can just be this patience, this, this time, this attention given to someone in need. Acceptance. You'll never see a masculine man bitching about the traffic or getting frustrated about waiting in a queue or trying to control other people. A masculine man is so focused on making the most of every moment, no matter what that moment is. That there's no time for complaints there's no space for neediness and control of others at least in a perfect world right so acceptance can be very masculine it's that rock in the storm the one who's able to stand by where everyone's going oh, i can't believe this is happening and he goes well i can because it is happening so let's deal with it love the most feminine of all values i think the masculine version of love, I think, is the leader of all humans, the one with no enemy, the one who sees us all in all living life as, as, as something to take care of, the one who looks out into the world after taking responsibility for himself and goes, okay, how can I fix this shit up? How can I make it better? And not better in any way that another human would suffer, but better where everybody benefits. And empathy. Understanding that we're all different, yet all the same. Respecting enemies without condoning poor behavior. To be able to understand any other person, even if you disagree with the way they live. Instead of just falling prey to your own biases and prejudices. And nurturing. Commonly thought of as a female trait or a feminine trait. But what about being the provider and the protector? The man takes care of his family, takes care of his community, takes care of the team at his company. You know, he takes care of his needs so well that he doesn't need to sacrifice other people to meet them. And in fact, he can put other people first and step back because he's got his shit sorted. Take care of others without sacrificing himself. Finally, it brings us to a set of rules. I've just made these up literally off the top of my head like 20 minutes ago. 30 minutes ago. But if you're really wondering what does it mean to be healthy masculine... Try following these five rules. See, Jordan Peterson needed 12. I only need five. (laughs) That's based on the values. First one's responsibility. Rule number one. Always take a leadership position in solving the problems in your life. Move on quickly from blame and into responsibility. Rule number two. Assertiveness. Stand up for what is right even when it's unpopular to do so. Boldly state your case, but make no effort to change others. Let them decide for themselves. Rule number three, courage. Seek to face what you're afraid of until you no longer fear it. Rule number four, honesty. Always ensure your words and actions accurately reflect what you think and feel. And if what you think and feel turns out to be based on poor evidence and reasoning, then learn. Always seek to prove yourself wrong but never hold back from sharing what you believe is right. Rule number five, respect. Allow others space and acknowledgement, but no more than you allow yourself. Each life is entitled to live, so live and let live. You follow those five rules as consistently and as bravely as possible. Then everybody else who tells you that masculinity is toxic and just go get fucked. And you'll be living a good life where you'll be proud of yourself and you'll feel powerful and you'll have integrity. At least in my opinion. Keen to hear your thoughts on this one. I'm open to discussion of this. Probably for the rest of my life I'll be open to discussion on this topic. But I really think the world is lacking people who live by those five values. And that's why we see all the carnage that we see today. And the leaders that we have significantly lack in these values. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you for listening.